pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Hello, KBs, and welcome back for another session of being edified, and another session of celebration, another session of encouragement, another session of being in one place where you are championed. I am so glad to have all of you back with us today. Hi, Miss Maggie. Hey. StephenCanyon.com is the website. I love your outfit today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So did the barista at Starbucks. The who what? The barista. The barista. At Starbucks. Oh, she said, I like your fit. (laughs) Well, she had told me that she liked it yesterday, a different outfit. And so she went, oh, two good fits in a row. Well, that's true. (laughs) Isn't that cute? You're being very funky original. (laughs) I like it. Well, I'm inspired by... The Western motif. You just jump right into it. Mm. I got to say, no matter where we go, it takes you about maybe 12 hours and you're wearing the place. 12 hours. <laughs> Approximately. <laughs> about 12 hours and you're in there. That's how long it takes me to go through well, all the shops. It's kind of true, isn't it? It is kind of true. Well, when in Rome, yeah, I think it's fun to, to sort of immerse yourself into whatever look and, and aesthetic is appropriate. Yeah, but you had this stuff. That's true. On the way here. Well, and I, I have like to it. say that we, we actually talked about this a while back that we were talking about clothing aesthetics, and I did say that Southwest is pretty much my favorite look. I, li- I like the hats because of how much shadow they cast. That's true. <laughs> You're going to need that. <laughs> That's true. With your fair Irish skin. Mm. Well, and you know, you, we can if you walk close to me, we can share my <laughs> my share my big? shade. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please wear hats that big. Well, I do. I do like like your look. Question: How do you know if you're being? How do you know if you're a KB? This oh is something word. that came up, and just to you know, I, so many people are beginning to identify with being a KB, and I, I certainly do. Meaning, I'm just a kinetic believer, and I'm intentionally in a kinetic believer. But now, how do you d- identify? Well, I'm going to throw back an answer at you that that I got from you, and it's that you just know, and you're knower. It is just something that you know. It's intrinsic. And I think that if you're asking, am I a KB, that literally means that you are. I like that answer because it kind of lets you off the hook. I wish I had known to use that when I was going through school. Every time I called them, I, I just know it in my knower. That's, I would have used that in, um, in math when they make you show your work. Yeah. And I, when I didn't show my work. I just oh, knew it in great. my knower. So that's how you know, you personally identify with being a KB, because you are aware that you know it in your knower, how things are working for you to manifest and to uh, oh, yeah. be in charge of, gosh, the life that you're living. Well, and you have to admit, being a kinetic believer is a very strong identity. I mean, you can feel it. <laughs> you're going to know if you're a kinetic believer. In that it is a way of life, seriously, if you are you know, you find yourself going along and you're not stirring up your awareness of being able to manipulate the universe, your environment around you by maintaining a certain expectation for things to conform to your expectation. I mean, that's the simplest way of putting it, but just being aware and stirring up the awareness that I am a KB and I have the authority to rearrange my circumstances. And I'm going to do it in the present tense of now by seeing things mm-hmm. how I imagine them to be and things as I am grateful for them to be, regardless of what everybody else is seeing. Wow. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I know I'm a kinetic believer because I can, I can make anything happen that I can possibly imagine and morph and use my bias to control my environment. I mean, that's pretty cool, you have to admit. And we laugh all the time because we say, well, somebody's going to, if they hear you say what I just said, most people go, you're, I think you're a little weird. You're crazy. You're odd. You're peculiar. But they're just jealous. But I have come, I have to say. <laughs> That's all they are. They just, they wish that they would give themselves permission to be all of those oh, things. Absolutely. And I have to say my entire life, I have always loved those terms and those words because they've always given me a sense that, yes, I'm a nonconformist. I'm on the right track. I am not doing what the masses are doing. So yeah, heck yeah. Bring on the weird. Bring on the crazy. Right. Can I please not conform? I love it. Can I please not be like you just for once in my life? No, no pressure and no more guilt. Right. Perm- I'm, I'm done with all of that, per- right? Permission granted. Thank you very much. Because actually, the mere fact that our listeners, they're very faithful, by the way, you guys are. We know yes. that you're, you're here every single day with us. And the mere fact that you're joining us for these podcasts, you are 
It's indicative that you are in the process of waking up. Yes. And you're doing something that the whole universe is doing when you are awakening this way. The universe is expanding to become more. And when a person determines that, you know something, this thing that I've been repetitively doing and accepting, I, the things that I know that are wrong, the things that I know that aren't me, all this stuff, um, I am brave enough and bold enough to now in my life, and most often it's the, for the first time in someone's life, that I'm going to begin moving away from that stuff. Mm. And if you know me today and you don't see me for a year, you won't recognize me in 2022 <laughs> because I'm moving away from, from the, the normal way or the habitual way that I've been uh, perceiving the universe and the environment around me. So I'm doing something that the whole universe is doing by intentionally putting myself into the process of awakening. And I am not going to be something that life pushes around anymore. Mm. Because deep down, I know that I am the same as the universe, which is dynamically uh, becoming something that it was originally intended to be. So uh, by gosh, by golly, I'm going to get into my saddle and uh, wave my hat goodbye. And I am on a journey here to find out where this thing's going. And the, uh, for me, one of the reasons that that journey is so exciting is because kinetic belief and the universe as a whole it's so it's all cushioned it's like it's just covered in love pillows you know you talk about unconditional mm. love all the time but you can sort of take this huge leap and free fall if you will into the lifestyle of kinetic belief because it's really all love and it's going to catch you it's going to mm. be there with you you're full of love the universe is full of love it's full of and i guess i should always attach unconditional love to be correct but it's just such a a warm and safe place and a feeling to, to live by. And I really like that, Meg. It's a free fall. Well, what is a free fall indicative of? It's, it says that I am trusting. Mm, total release. I am trusting my purpose. I am yeah. trusting a higher calling on my life. And I'm going to free fall into the experience that is me. Mm. I am the experience. Wow. It's not something in a brochure. It's not what they're promising me over there. Hey, everybody, I am the experience. And then guess what? When I die, I'm not going to cease to exist because I am an eternal experience. Yes. And I am becoming aware of, of this experience as I get up every day and intentionally stir myself up to be a KB, a kinetic believer, because I am not going to go to sleep and then never wake up. That can't happen to me. Mm. I am forever aware of the experience that I am. And then after mm. never having gone to sleep, which I won't because I'm awakening, and as awakened I am, awakened I go, I can't have an experience of nothing. Mm. Nothing. Nothing. Never. It doesn't exist. Nothing <laughs> is for the one who's asleep. I'm right. awake now. And so, and so as, as a result of that, the scientifically, we can say that, and it's true, that nature abhors a vacuum. Well, my expectations are creating the very thing that I expect, and so the universe fulfills it. It's there to, you know, make sure that my wish comes true. I love it, putting it that way, because otherwise I couldn't right. exist. I love when you use the term stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, because we receive so many messages about people that they're just so deeply grateful and appreciative of the work that we're doing here every day on the podcast. But I have to say, I need it too. When I show up to this podcast and we, I mean, the, the way that I feel before the podcast versus after is so different and it's so vastly different. And, you know, it's not that I've been down in the dumps or having negative thoughts, but it is a continual stirring up that's going to keep us, you know, just, just charging ahead and, well, to keep us free falling. You know, and we do live a life of being aware. I mean, we, you and I, you know, we're, I'm so blessed to have you as my, my life partner because we do keep each other stirred up. And I've mm -hmm. got to say that, just prior to us, you know, turning on the mics here, sitting down and doing the podcast, it's kind of like standing in line to get on some crazy maniacal roller coaster with you, because anything is possible. You know, <laughs> you're example. trying on you're, you're trying on different hats on me, 
<laughs> or you're 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 pinching me. You're crawling up my back. We're you're we're wrestling, and you know you get me in a headlock, and then we then we're drinking some lemon juice, and then it's the crazy. It's it's literally it's like we're standing in line to get on a roller coaster because we know, That's and so through funny. the experiential knowledge of practicing kinetic belief, it's a crazy thing. It, it is like you're waiting. That's so that's funny because it, there's this anticipatory. It's not anxiety, but it's it's stimulation because you know you're about to be just absolutely set on fire for the thing that you're believing for. The, you know, the word anxiety is doesn't necessarily have to be a bad one. Mm. Uh, it doesn't have to be a bad a bad thing because you can be excitedly anxious for what you're manifesting, or you can be negatively anxious for a thing that you're dreading. Mm. And so, hey, yeah, guess what? This room was full of anxiety right before we <laughs> go on the air today, but it's one that's we're anxious with joy and anxious yeah. with happiness and we mm. we got all this anxiety built up of peace and, and putting pressure on this space for these things to be and there it is let's do that let's reframe nervous energy so that it's not a negative to us anymore it's just a symbol it's just a it's just a sign that we are about to have breakthrough we're about to have something big happen and positive happen in our lives so again we wouldn't be here if we were not aware that we're transcending that we are awakening. Yeah. That's why we're attracted to these conversations. That's why you and I, we, you know, we can't go more than a couple of days without doing this. That's why, whether you guys are out there listening or not, Megan, we're doing this. Yeah. We were doing this long before the podcasts. <laughs> well, how many times in the mornings do, were we saying, these conversations that we're having over coffee, shouldn't we have a microphone or something? <laughs> well, for probably since 2009, what is that? 10, oh, 12, 12 years now. Yeah. There has hardly been a day that has come and gone that you and I have not sat there with our coffee or with whatever and had these conversations, and they'll go on for, well, till you tell me to shut up. (laughs) I I would never. (laughs) Well, and it's funny, though, because I'm so deeply grateful for these conversations before the podcast, during the podcast. And so I also have a sense, because I didn't have this kind of of insight and and conversation and communication in my life before this. And so I think I have a, a bit of insight to the KB listeners as well. If you haven't had this depth and this richness of love and conversation, it's just a balm. It's a salve to your life. It just feels so good to, to enter into this space and partake and par- participate. There are a few things that are as precious as having another, a significant person in your life that too is aware of their awakening and they're having the lens for things as they really are and moving away from the egoist, lower self, a sense of of being, the, Mm. the pettiness and the identifying with things that come and go and loss and all that stuff. Well, that level of agreement is so powerful. We, you've done many t- teachings and podcasts on relationship and why it really any kind of relationship. It's just that the meeting of two spirits and of two highest selves in, a, in this level of agreement, it's very powerful. It's delicious, isn't it? <laughs> and it's delicious. <laughs> and it tastes good. But everybody that, so, okay, we're aware that we are awakened. We're going through the work. We're, do, we're putting in the time. Mm-hmm. And which is just means that guess what? All of us together, we are curious. Yes. We want to know. Absolutely. And we want to know what we are aware of is there. We may not be able to see all of it right now. And we certainly don't understand all of it, but we know it's there. And so we have this curiosity, which when you are willing to be curious and follow after that the the flight of the butterfly to see where it's going. That's the adventure. And you're going to end up somewhere that you never, actually, you didn't imagine was even possible in, in, with the constructs of how things work. But my goodness, it's good to the soul. Mm-hmm. Because we are, like the flower, blooming to become something that you can't see in that little bud. Mm-hmm. But you have to keep pressing and you have to keep reaching for the unknown for that awakening process to occur. Well, I think it's such a gift that you we now have so much insight and You've been able to show us so much about the science of belief the on the quantum level. And I think that's really empowering. You know, you remember that cartoon where there was this, a dancing and singing frog and he was mm-hmm. like, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and the guy had the frog. And, <laughs> and yeah. anytime a person would come around or he tried to show Forget the frog about it. to anyone 
that he would just yes. rib it, rib it. Um, and yeah. that's kind of how it was to be a kinetic believer before all the science proved everything, right? You know, you just knew in your knower you were a believer. You just knew you believed in manifestation. But now to have the proof, to have the the reality of, of science and discovery, the God particle, all of these wonderful things that you've, that you've allowed us to understand and see, I mean, that's just extra other level. If you can find your faction, if you can find your tribe that truly authentically is like you. Even though everybody in the tribe knows that they are an I, not a we, we are an I, you know that yeah. you are you, and you're sharing the the identity of your individuality with the tribe. Oh, my goodness. There is nothing richer than that experience, because you are self-evident in that you just are. Without conforming, without saying that I need to be that over there or this other thing uh, that I'm expected to be over here, you just are. And you cannot be something that you are not. Now, you can identify with it, but you can't be that. I like that. Wow. You can imagine to be a farmer, and you can be living the life of a farmer, but you really are you observing the experiences of farming. Mm. You can imagine that you are a doctor, and maybe you did go to medical school, and that's your practice, and this is the thing that you're doing in the now, in this life, but you are you, Mm. which is love and light, and you are joy, and you are happiness, and you are wealth, and you are peace. Now, you may imagine to not be some of those things, and you may imagine instead of uh, being happiness that you are, you might imagine that you're depressed or angry or worried. You're identifying with being uh, doubtful and scared. Maybe you're mad and angry, sick, fearful, any of those things, but you really are the I am that is you. In the exact same way, you don't have to know how to breathe. You just do it. Right. You were created to breathe. Mm-hmm. Now, you can choose to not breathe and, and try holding your breath for a while, but try that for just a little bit, and your original self that uh, was created to breathe is going to win that battle and take over and start you breathing again. And it, it's the same way with the desire to become enlightened. You, you want to breathe. Now, you may continue to put that down and say, I don't want to breathe. I don't want to wake up. I want to identify with being a loser. I want to identify with being depressed and, and dramatic and bad and angry. I want to identify with losing wealth and gaining wealth, taking to have, you know, pushing other people around and using my authority to and my dominion to arrange uh, relationships to where I'm the boss, not you. We come into the world, and all of us, we leave this world in the essence of us, who you are, and what we identify with in between. Well, now that's up to you. This reminds me of a fun conversation we had recently uh, walking down Main Street here, and we, we were sort of joking, but then it was so true, and, and we were saying that, you know, life is one big ad campaign. It's a big ad campaign for your identity, for to get you to identify with it, whatever it is. And there's millions and millions of things that we that are vying for our identity as we go through life. And so this distinction of, of what are we identifying with versus who are we truly that we... We can't help but be that. It's just who we were created to be. It's who we truly are. Mm-hmm. And I love that distinction because if you can separate that out, then you can, as you've taught us before, you can become an observer. And when you can mm-hmm. become an observer, you can change it. You can alter it. You can fix it. You can you can choose mm-hmm. to feel good over feeling bad. Something seemingly as simple as that can change your whole life. By choosing to be an observer, again, you're free-falling into what is. Mm-hmm. Every human being is a beautiful, complex thing. And as an observer, you are allowing the complexities of who you are to be just that, and rather than resisting and putting it down and saying, I'm afraid to, to speak up. I'm afraid 
afraid to just be me. I'm afraid to identify with the complexities that are beautiful and one of a kind and uniquely created to be me. And I have to say, it's really easy to see how that confusion enters in about identity because Emotions are very convincing. Negative emotions, they feel like it's you. You think, this is who I am. This this depth of feeling, it has to be me because it's just the feeling, the sensation is so overpowering. But this knowledge, this awareness that you're giving us today, it can set us free from that from that idea. Well, negative, negative emotions and even positive emotions are so convincing because of the way they do make you feel in the natural, in the, in the flesh, in this body. Yeah. And that's why it works on animals. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that horse, and I'm so sorry, I you know, suggested you get on the back of, uh, what do you call the horse? A that racking was just, horse. A racking horse. That it, honestly, oh it's, a, it's abused when it's a baby. Yeah, and I don't sad. know what all they do to it, and I certainly didn't know then. But they, they hurt the animal when it puts its hooves down, and they do something to make it lift its hooves up. Yeah. And then they go and ride it like, look at my show pony, and right. look how it's you know, lifting its legs up, and it's called a racking horse. Yeah. But it... It's responding to life because of how it felt and the pain that it experienced as a child. As a, as a, as a, a foal? As a foal. But as a child, <laughs> we're doing an analogy. Yeah, got it. We're and, with you. <laughs> and so you carry that pain with you through your entire life and you identify with that. Wow. Even though there's nothing in the empirical forms around you in the world that you're living in, in your environment, mm. those those. The, the pain that's in your body from those experiences of having felt something negative so long ago is now dictating to you the kind of life that you're going to live, how you should be responding to situations that honestly were are harmless, but because of how you felt at one time, you go into this, this habitual way of response, and it's just a sad way. So we're becoming enlightened and moving out of all of the, the, the negative things that we've become throughout a lifetime to go back to the original. An interesting thing about those habitual negative emotions as well is, for example, one time I, I knew it was the right thing to do. I knew I needed to remove myself from a relationship I was in. It I, it just seemed it was the right thing. You just know, you know, and you know. <laughs> I didn't know all the ins and outs of why, but I just knew, and so I did that, and I did it graciously and and you know as amicably as possible. But it was so fascinating over the the consecutive months to follow how many things I realized were habits and habits that were ingrained in that relationship that were being that were being reestablished as I continued in that relationship. So I found myself being more happy easily, mm-hmm. not having a lot of self-judgment more easily. And all of these things began to manifest that were positive and I was getting rid of those bad habits just because I had allowed that relationship to go. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's fascinating because when you're in it, when you have all these negative habits, you don't always know what they are, and they're not the easiest thing to see. And so having the guide, the guidepost of journaling, of kinetic belief is so vital because you can't always see exactly why and, and how you're doing it. Well, and it is that round-robin way of existence if you don't know how to put pressure on yourself to change, to follow after the better way. What a sad existence it is to go on for years and years, continuing to, uh, like a racking horse, be an expression toward life and everybody else around you because of that last relationship you were in. I had, when I was in, in school, in my freshman year, mm-hmm. and it was New Year's Eve, and a little girlfriend I had, uh, we broke up on New Year's Eve. Yeah, it was long before midnight, which your, is fine. I'm not the only girlfriend you ever had, And Steve. you were the only one. Okay. But this one, this one, <laughs> we broke up before midnight, and for the sucks. next... Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> New Year's Eve? You couldn't so hang on till midnight? For ten, I, I guess for 10 years, you know, and I, would, I was totally unaware. I wasn't even thinking about this person anymore. But some, I would become so sad and <laughs> negative on New Year's Eve, and and for the longest time, for many years, I, and I, you know, I didn't know why, but every once in a while that would come back in, and it was a haunt, and I was, I was. Um, 
uh, a racking man on New Year's <laughs> Eve for ten years because you got dumped. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's keep it up here where we're looking for the higher viewpoint. So I got dumped, and it hurt for years. Until I did the work and I put it in its proper perspective. Because you know what? The design of the universe <laughs> within all of these empirical forms is the life of nature. Nature is natural mm-hmm. to expanding, to become more, to become a beautiful thing. And that is the advancement. And that is the unfoldment of all mm-hmm. of life. And when we resist unfolding to become more, then th- th- things begin to collapse on us, and you feel the weight of, of things that don't exist except in your imagination, and that's the very thing you're manifesting, is the negative weight of things that aren't real. I love when you talk about the connections of all life, because that always gives me just this sense of, of almost an organic buoyancy above above all the things that are trying to attach itself to me or negative ideas or whatever. But just that sense of, of life forms being connected, me with you, with the listeners, with, with the, the trees outside. That's why it feels so good to be in nature and feel the, the cold, wet grass under your feet or whatever it is for you. But I love that sensation. And even just pausing sometimes to consider that connection can be so powerful. Our connection to, and I mean, after all, we are we're walking on the ground. We are in this this uh, realm of forms, mm-hmm. which are lim- very uh, limited in that what we can see, limitless in what could be and actually is. Yes. But here we are, and we have you know, the things in this room that we can touch and see. But there are some things that we should be pressing into. So that we can begin experiencing what we are meant to be. For example, every every human being, and, and I find this fascinating, every single human being should have all they can have, all that they want or all they desire to have. Now, what I mean by this is you, you should have all that you can so that through the pursuits of your genius of purpose, which is you know whatever you're curious about, that's your genius. You may have curiosities about one thing that um, you know this other person doesn't. Obviously, we all know that, but that's the genius that we talk about. It's the things that you're curious about. You may be more curious about mathematics than I am. Well, that's your genius. It's not mine. But so when you recognize your curiosities, then you can contribute to the power and the elegance and beauty and richness of life by putting pressure on wealth to manifest into your life. It's vital to understand this because there's so many uh, misunderstandings when it comes to, you know, to money and wealth because the person who attracts and has what they desire for living all of the life that they're capable of living is a wealthy person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, what does it mean to grow? If a, Let's take the flower again. And that flower grows and reaches up toward the sun and is pulling all the nutrients it can possibly pull out of the ground, which is its wealth. It's attracting all the wealth that it could possibly need to live the life that it's capable of living. That is a wealthy, healthy, vibrant, abundant, um, joyous, happy little flower. Such is the way that our lives should go as well. I want to circle back for just a quick second to something you just said, and I, th- I thought it was really, really cool. So you were talking about our genius, our genius of purpose, and it's almost as if you were saying, look, if you if you need to to discover more about what your genius of purpose truly is, your unique genius of purpose, that it's important then to pause and lean into your curiosity, your natural mm-hmm. curiosity, mm-hmm. and consider where that is, you know, like I'm picturing ivy, you know, it's just sort of growing in all these crazy different directions. But where are you growing? Where mm-hmm. where are you reaching? What are, what are the things that we're curious with mm-hmm. curiosity reaching toward, reaching right. for? Right, that's right. That's you interesting. Know, chase after your curiosities and pause. Pause, like you said, only long enough to recognize it. And I like that you said, lean into it. That means go after it. Put action to your your belief for desiring the thing that you're curious about to go see what it is and to go examine it and put your energy and effort into the to the micro examination of it and look close at it and then look at the expanse of it and enjoy it. And you don't have to stay there. That's just one more step, one more rung in the ladder of somewhere that you're going. 
that you're supposed to be going. And I feel like in that process, that's when it's most important to, I know we all kind of giggle at this, but it is that that's when it's most important to embrace our weird little self. Because the thing that you are leaning into, it's probably going to be weird, considered weird. The curiosity that you have, the whole point is that we are diversely unique Mm -hmm. and we're not supposed to be like all everybody around us Mm -hmm. marching to the same beat of that same drum. We are supposed to to dress differently and look differently and pursue different types of art and different types of mathematics and science and, and, you know, anything you can possibly imagine, but it's almost guaranteed that you will be the only one. And so, Embracing your weird little self all of a sudden mm-hmm. becomes very important and a little serious. And a footnote to this is, if you really want to dress like everybody else, do that. If you want to do exactly like you and talk like them and mimic them, then do that. You're living your unique life by being like everyone else. There's nothing wrong with how you dress. It's dressing like you want to dress, being like you want to be, doing like you want to do. So the point that we're making and Megan is making is that it's not to be not to dress different or to be different is to follow your curiosities. And if it's different, be brave enough and bold enough to be different. And if it's just like everybody else, I'm going to talk to you because I really I want to get down to you to this you're very unique well, if I, that's the case but i have to say like sometimes when i find myself doing something that i see a lot of people doing i almost see it as a red flag like am i just mimicking mm. is this really mm-hmm. me is this really what i'm i mean maybe it is but it's it's something it's something to, to say hang on a second let Check me yourself let me figure this right. out let me right. let me look within let me read my journal today mm-hmm. that's right so here we are and we're Okay, we've made the decision. We're listening to the podcast. I'm having conversations. I got my huga space. I'm relaying my candles and I'm meditating and I'm looking within and I'm being honest with my true identity in which I'm embracing and I'm ready, Stephen Meg. I'm ready to push into these new arenas and just wade in there, throw my show up and see what happens. No person who is not also attracting wealth into their lives, can also manifest all they desire. Mm. Now, now, hear me out on this, because, you know, there's the person who says, well, I can just go in and just walk through the forest and be perfectly happy. And that's not what I'm talking about. Sure, you can. But wealth is part of the abundant life. Life has advanced so far, and it has become so complex That even the most average person requires wealth to live in a way that is satisfying to the journey of their curiosities, Mm. to the purpose of their the genius that we're talking about for contributing to this world, the uniqueness of your diverse self. Every single person has within themselves the natural inclination to desire to become all that they are capable of becoming, not Mm. just 90% of it, but all of it. And you have that ability within you. To attract it. It's necessary. Well, you're, you're talking about attracting wealth and <clears throat> something that um, you touched on. I think it was on yesterday's podcast. You were talking about wealth and, and the strength of it. But it, it gave me an interesting visual of wealth, one that I hadn't realized that I wasn't quite catching on to the right concept of wealth yet. And I think before, I was sort of seeing wealth as almost like this block of cheese and It's there in the kitchen, and hopefully you can nibble on it slow enough to make it last as long as you need it to. But when you talk about wealth, it gives me such a strong sensation of a river. Kinetic belief, the true nature of wealth is flowing. It's flowing to us and around us, and and I think that's such an exciting thing to that that's represented in kinetic belief the mm. na- and just because if you see it that's that's lack minded mm-hmm. when we see it as this like brick this one entity it, you either have it or you don't but like like everything else that you tell us about it's flowing to us you use that word flowing to us all the time mm. yeah and, and you know again it goes back to being aware of what is within you because the desire to flourish like we're talking about yeah to f- what do you mean by flourish? What? What are we? How do you? How am I supposed to flourish? <laughs> what are you talking about? What, you, what does that even mean? <laughs> I want. Okay, I'm flourishing now. What are you really? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, go go get me another sandwich <laughs> no, while I'm you flourish. flourish. I'm flourishing. 
So, the oh. desire to flourish what is within oh. is inherent in nature, and so yes. and so it is in in human nature. It's the way that we're created. The desire to become not not something you're not not flourishing in in ways that you're not meant to be, but you your essence mm-hmm. to be unencumbered, not restricted, not manipulated, not to condemned, but to flourish. We cannot help wanting to be all that we can be. Now, you may have given up on that a long time ago because of border bullies or whatever it is, but success in awareness in life is exploring what you want to explore. And the same love of purpose that created you created things for you to enjoy. And then you become what you want to be only by making use of the things. And you can have the free use of things only as you attract the wealth required to buy things. So getting rich, becoming wealthy, it's not a matter of environment. I mean, if it were, everybody in certain neighborhoods would become wealthy. The people of one city would, would all be wealthy, while those of other towns would all be poor. Or the collective of one state somewhere would all be wealthy, while those of a nearby state would all be in poverty. But regardless of where we go in the world, and especially in postmodernism, we see wealthy and we see the poor living side by side in in the same environment and often they are engaged in the same line of work so you can make the most of yourself only by agreeing with the wealth that you're created to enjoy to use and to have so wealth was not invented by humans by the way but when humans took over and they they transform it and they begin twisting it, making it something it was never intended to be, look, the universe contains all the wealth, right? All the wealth that there is and beyond is all contained within the universe. And all the wealth there can ever be before there was ever a person walking on this ball of dirt uh, formed here. All the wealth is within the universe. Wealth is a byproduct of the expanding universe. Mm. Now, there are corrupt forms of it, corrupted by greed, corrupted by selfish pursuits, but that's not what I'm talking about. So it's right and it is authentic to desire that you should give your best thoughts and desires for attracting wealth. You should make that part of your journaling adventure. It needs to be part of your expectation that you put pressure on it, that you not be embarrassed by it, but you not being fearful of it. Remember, however, the desire of abundance in every single form is for you, but it is also for the collective. Now, this is, this is important here because our movements through this life must be for more life uh, for self, but then to all around us as well. And this is one of those red flags, like you were mentioning a minute ago, that you can notice if if you feel like you want to be wealthy to show them something or to <laughs> prove to your family that you're better than them and all that. Well, you're you're back in the ego again. Wow. And wrong motive. And that's actually a huge part of our culture today. They, You see it all the time on social media. I'm going to show the haters. I'm going to show the haters. Mm-hmm. And you've made your whole life about people hating on you, trolling you. And that's a hot focus that you talk about all the time. You're, you're quite literally generating all this focus to people hating you instead of great wealth to to spread life and mm. and kinetic belief and that's that's one that's so important so important in that it is actually an extremely vital key to living your best life and becoming just majestic in your presence is that the your attraction for more life it cannot be made to work for less life to anyone else mm-hmm. if you if you're desiring right. to increase and uh, at the expense of someone else decreasing because abundance is equally in all, and where there is abundance without constraint, it seeks the benefit of wealth for more life and to more life, but at the expense of someone else, you lose. Mm. You've lost it. So you're out of unconditional love, right? Which right. is the energetics of expanding to become more for for all. And this seems to go back to what you said a, a while ago in this podcast, that the universe abhors a vacuum. And so when you create this positive vacuum for wealth, it becomes almost inevitable. Absolutely does. Because the the substance of all things, 
blueprinted as it is in the universe around us, contained within the creative substance within the universe, which is limitless, by the way, it, it will make things for you. It will manifest forms for you. It's no problem for the substance of things hoped for to manifest into your life, but it will not take things away from someone else and give them to you. Right. That's what the ego does. That's what the competitive nature of the lower self of human consciousness does. It looks around to see what it can gain by taking. Mm -hmm. That's not the way the universe works. It will not do that. And so you, th this is not the assignment of the expanding universe. Mm -hmm. It's expanding to become more. It's not just rearranging itself so you'll look good for a while while they don't look good. And in a sense, what you're describing is also, you're st it's as if we're st still being so lack-minded, because if you do have to take from someone else, then you're really telling the universe, I don't believe that there's enough to go around. Mm. And so mm -hmm. you've, you've, you've lost before you've well, even begun. You, because you don't believe there's enough to go around, well, you're getting what you believe. Right. You're manifesting that. And so humans identifying with winning and losing and competition like that uh, with other humans will manipulate in order to take mm. and use their authority and their dominion as an abuse in the world rather than uh, the expression of becoming more that the universe is there to abundantly supply you with mm. the more. Do you see money, wealth, as, as something that people find more difficult than maybe some other areas to manifest within? No, no, no question. Well, why, do you, why do you think that that is? Well, there, there are many reasons. And again, it's the most, it's, it's the this quickest way for someone to identify with loss is with mm. money, for example. And it, it is the most fluid thing that there is. It comes and it goes. And it's, it's directly attached to desire. And so, well, for example, if you're a KB and you're enforcing the power of kinetic belief to work in your life, be, be sure, be certain to get rid of the thought of competing with other people. Be inspired by others. Now, don't not admire the things that they are they have and the things they're doing. Be in, it's like going through an art gallery. Yeah. Be inspired by the works of the masters. It does because you see one painting on a large canvas. It does not now mean you cannot paint on a large canvas because they already did it. <laughs> But that's what we do with money, or we see cars and houses and these other things. Be inspired by that, Com but compete with yourself in a loving way, in a gentle way of prodding you, you to become better at your practice skills and better at showing up, mm -hmm. becoming more like the, the individual who is a... Um, a renaissance person you can yeah, yes you can you can get up you can you can do 50 things in a day and enjoy every single one of them as you observe yourself doing it um, through the enjoyment of observation be inspired by other people compete with yourself with your talents to advance in your skills as you pursue your curiosities mm. but you are to create not to compete for what already is created. You don't have to take anything away from anybody. And if you ever lose something to someone who's taking, immediately give it. If someone's taking advantage of you, <laughs> give the advantage. Because you can get it back if you give it freely. If you feel like it's been stolen from you and taken away from you, and you put your belief and imagination in that, then guess what? It has been taken from you, and it, can't, it cannot be replaced But what you freely give with the, uh, the essence of unconditional love. The universe replaces it and multiplies it and wow. increases it to you. So it's our attitude in gratitude for all in all things that determines the kind of life we're going to experience. What a powerful way, way to go through life, just saying no one can steal from me because the universe will replenish and... and multiply that that's wow that's that's different and again no one can steal from me if they did and the the mental uh, thought former constructs of stealing something from you again it's the attitude of no you can't steal from me i give it to you yeah because i can freely manifest wow. it and bring it back into my life and as i give that to you because obviously you need it my gift to you will manifest and come to, back to me multiplied and increased into my life and that's also not lowering, lowering your energetic in that moment as well. 
So you're, you're protecting, you're doing the right thing. You're protecting your peace. You're protecting your highest self, your energetics. You're making sure the ego isn't being activated. So much is happening by doing the right thing. And you're living, you've changed by doing the right thing. You can only do that though when you change your perspective and you're working through your journal to recognize that, you know, the universe does contain more than enough. If I've got, if there's a big bowl of chips over here on the counter and I've got a couple on a plate here in front of me, and somebody in the room comes over here and takes my two chips off of my plate. I freely give them because I can see this big bowl of chips over here. I'm not, I'm not uh, under the, the control of, of a sense of loss, of a sense of a limited supply. I can see there's far more there than I could eat or should eat. I could probably eat them. But I'm, but I'm, I'm, you know, I am part of the bigger plan and the bigger picture. And I know that there is more than enough to go around. And if I need more chips, then, and there's not a bowl there, I know right outside the door there's more. I can have more, all the chips I want to eat. What about French fries? All the French fries I want to eat. Okay. But that might change your mind. <laughs> but you may not let me. You tackle um, someone across the room, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not talking about French fries, right, right. everything else. <laughs> The human consciousness that identifies with the empirical world of forms that we can see, with what we can see, and its limitations, because, you know, we don't see everything in the universe. The world can't contain it. The world can can rearrange it and, and, and manifest it as needed, as desired. But what can only be seen in, in its limitations tends to equate with... Um, uh, with just with just living a simple basic life but the person that says that i have therefore i am and the more that i have the more that i am the person that's identifying with that empirical world of limitations of the limited supply of you know the number of things that are being manufactured right now and so they're, they're they in a sense go well the more that i have the more that i am the ego thrives through comparisons that's how you're you're inflating the ego and the danger here is is that how you are seen by others turns you into how you see yourself if everyone had a golden pair of shoes now, all of a sudden, if you're in your egoist state of identifying with things, your golden pair of shoes would no longer serve to enhance your sense of self because everybody has a golden pair of shoes. Mm. So you could then put on some flip flops and get rid of your golden shoes and regain your an identity by seeing yourself as being seen as more enlightened than everybody else. Now, how you are seen by others becomes the mirror that tells you what you are like and who you are. You're in a lot of trouble here because if you get your peace this way and change how you perceive to be seen, you're going to lose your sense of peace. If this is how you get your happiness and from how others see you, change how they see you and you become depressed. The lower nature of human consciousness produces a self-worth in most cases, which bound up with the sense of value you have in the, in the eyes of other people. And so in, in Western society, Meg, most people need others to give them a sense of self. And that's the world that we're living in now. And if you live in a culture that to a large extent equates self-value with how much wealth you have, this collective delusion will condemn you uh, and to and to a life of chasing after things for value for the rest of your life in the delusional hope of discovering your wealth and advancing to complete some sense of self-worth. And in this world of the ego sense of being, it's never enough. Right. And you can see that with some of the almost trillionaires in our society. It's just never enough. And so looking without, looking into the world around us for value leads to failure. Looking within for what already is manifests the abundant life. I love how what you're telling us really takes the the typical habitual value system and completely turns it on its head and 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 blows it to to smithereens because you mentioned people who think I'm just going to live a basic life, but it's funny because as a kinetic believer, what you maybe used to think was was basic, if it's something your heart desires, it becomes extravagant. Mm -hmm. And so it revalues 
everything you can possibly imagine because all of a sudden it's flowing from within. So you know, maybe the little small house out in the woods wasn't so appealing when you lived in a around a bunch of McMansions. But mm-hmm. now that you are, you can understand your true self. Maybe that's what you actually want, and and that's wealth, or vice versa. I mean, it's just I just love how it it helps us to realize that we're redefining everything. What is wealth? What does it mean to me personally? Who am I? Am I being inspired or am I just comparing myself? That was so powerful what you said because it was so concise that the ego thrives on comparisons. Sure. And and, and here's, I think, something that's vital to understand because I don't want someone to get the wrong idea. There's, I can hear someone now going, well, how do you let go of attachment to things? Don't even try. Because it's impossible. Because we are, after all, even though we're in this natural world filled with empirical forms, and we do talk about not being attached to a thing in the sense that it prevents you from following after your curiosities, it's okay to be attached to a curiosity. And that's, uh, that's what you're doing with your ego, is you're identifying with the thing that you're curious about, to examine it, to understand it with the fingers and the hands and the physical form that we have, even though we're energy. Our Creator put us into a physical form so that we could, with these fingers, pick up something that is another form and be curious about it, and put your fingers into water and feel the texture and the flow and the wetness of it, and to feel the cool of the grass, and to attach yourself to things. So that's not what we're talking about at all. That's part of the enjoyment of this life. But remember, where you place your attention is what you are becoming. And when you attend to desiring what it is that you see that you don't have, you know, we talk about manifesting the things that we desire. If you put your attention toward what you don't have, that you will continue to manifest what you don't have. So this is where this this is where understanding becomes vital. I feel like you're telling us and I want to see if this is correct. It's almost as if we also need to constantly be monitoring the the root of the focus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one person can desire one, let's just use a house, for example. One person desires this house, another person desires maybe this a similar or identical house, but if the motive is not from your inner genius of purpose, from your mm-hmm. true curiosity, mm-hmm. from inner self, then it's a completely different process. It's a completely different outcome. Is that Correct. Motive is, is vital to understanding. And this, again, the enlightened state of being is becoming aware of what you are, what's motivating you to have the house or whatever it is, or not the house, the golden shoes or the flip-flops. What is your motivation here? Wow. Now, let's put your thinking cap on for just a minute. Listen fast, and I'll speak slow. <laughs> there is something in quantum mechanics called synchronicity, which is the simultaneous occurrence of events which appear significantly related but they've got no discernible causal connection and it, they could be occurring you know thousands of miles apart in that we are all connected by source this explains how you can know for example when something is wrong or something is right with someone that you share um, space with or relationship regularly, energetically with, and you can just know. And it's through synchronicity that we begin to understand how entanglement works in the quantum field of science. When you imagine things as you desire them to be, the vacuum that represents the space that you your desire should occupy, it must be filled with what you imagine to possess. And now remember, it can work either for you or against you. So by holding the highest thought form for, say, wealth, you imagine to possess wealth, your attachment to the things that you now have, the bank account that you now get a statement on once a month, the reason that maybe is, you know, prodding you along to, to attract some wealth <laughs> that represents wealth, literally, uh, it begins melting away when you no longer seek to find yourself in those things. You no longer identify with the bank account as, as it is now or the, the space that you're occupying now. 
And the, the, ontolo- the ontological, metaphysical expectation for wealth becomes your reality when you are willing to stand forever, and you'll never have to stand for long, because time no longer becomes part of the equation. We're not functioning um, from the, the constraints of time unless we put ourselves in a limited a perspective for things as they are. But just be aware of your attachment to things is what I'm saying, because that's how we end up in this, this round-robin way of continuing to experience the empirical uh, forms that we have now for an entire lifetime, because that's what we're identifying with, and that's all we see. So we've got to change what we're seeing in order to change what we, or change what we believe to change what we see. Sometimes you may not know that you are attached to something. And, and this is this is the beauty of working with your your blueprinted manifesting journal, because to to not know that you're attached to something, which is to say identified with something until you lose it or there is a threat of losing it. Or in, in our case, we got rid of things so that we could uh, gypsy our way around. <laughs> That's what we're doing. You even you've even fallen in love with the the gypsy what's the, the gypsy horse Vanner the gypsy Vonner Vonner. How would they say it in Ireland? The gypsy the gypsy gypsy Vonner. No, <laughs> uh, but you've fallen in love with the gypsy horse. Okay, but when it comes to things, maybe what you see. It might be you, you see family taking something from your elderly parents, things if, mm. that were meant for you. If you become upset or anxious over the idea that you're, you are not going to get something that you really wanted, it means that you are attached to the empirical forms as your source. And if you are aware that you are identifying with a thing, with an outside source, the awareness that you are aware that there is attachment, that is the beginning of the transformation of your human consciousness to universal consciousness, where you operate in your authentic, final, creative authority, calling things that cannot be seen into your reality from where things cannot yet be seen. I remember when we sold everything, and I was doing fine until we got to the couch for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Whoa! When did that attachment happen? Is it the couch or is it Meg? What? <laughs> you're leaving me with a choice." Well, you know what it was. It was the uh, painstaking search for the couch. <laughs> that the time it, invested in the time invested. Interesting, yeah, it, right? It, it formed a tether. But I have to say, um, recognizing that attachment once it was taken away and sold, I, I was I felt really good. I felt better than than I thought I would. <laughs> Well, because were, it was it was like sowing a seed or something. Otherwise, you're underneath the couch, <laughs> yes. rather than above the couch. Again, right? Yeah. <laughs> Alan Watts, a philosopher, said that money is a way of measuring wealth, but is not wealth in itself. Mm. A chest of gold coins or a fat wallet of bills is of no use whatsoever to a wrecked sailor alone on a raft. Mm. He needs real wealth. In the form of a fishing rod, and a compass, an outboard motor with gas, and a female oh. companion. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, I love that quote. What an illuminating quote. You so, can see it. Yeah, so wealth, Meg, wealth is the holistic way of life that means you are fully furnished to abundantly, abundantly enjoy your curiosities, abundantly enjoy whatever it is that you are experiencing as an observer that you are having in the present moment of right now. And you do this as a practice and more comes to you. More is manifested in your life. You are expanding to become the essence of who you were. Were created to be. Wow. Well, let's just say some things out loud ah, here. Work on some yes, highest yes, viewpoints. Yes. Just say, I am showing up today. I'm showing up today. Expecting new things. Expecting new things. New people. New people. And changing circumstances. And changing circumstances. That align with my desires. Mm, that align with my desires. And without a doubt. And without a doubt. Without a worry or fear. Without a worry or a fear. I believe in my God-given abilities. I believe in my God-given abilities. To become abundantly wealthy. To become 
become abundantly wealthy and furnished with every desire and furnished with every desire so i freely give i freely give and gratefully allow love and i gratefully allow love to flow through me to flow through me aligning all of my actions aligning all of my actions with what i'm attracting with what i'm attracting i carefully craft my inner narrative i carefully craft my inner narrative and i'm thinking positively and i'm thinking positively before i speak and before i speak and it's not always easy and it's not always easy so i'm thinking before i speak so i'm thinking before i speak <laughs> and decisively choosing my actions mm, and decisively choosing my actions therefore therefore all good things are abundantly manifesting to me all good things are abundantly manifesting to me from the creative power of my unwavering kinetic belief from the creative power of my unwavering kinetic belief my imagination for good things my imagination for good things is manifesting optimistic happiness is manifesting optimistic happiness while my gratitude is attracting an abundance my gratitude is attracting an abundance of great things of great things my thought forms my thought forms are free of negative resistance they're free of negative resistance quietened from the noise of the world quietened quietened <laughs> from the noise of the world and open to imagine the highest version of me <laughs> and open to imagine yes the highest version of me i am advancing i am advancing to become the original version of me to become the original version of me no one can stop me now <laughs> no one can stop me now my desires are unique to me my desires are unique to me validated by me validated by me validated by me validated by me attracted by me attracted by me and manifested by me and manifested by me i am so grateful i am so grateful for my creator for my creator who first thought of me who first thought of me wow what a fun and exciting thrilling podcast about wealth today and thank you to all the cabies uh, we've been just so enjoying hearing from you on instagram and facebook and the emails and the text messaging it's just so fulfilling so satisfying and just wanting to let everyone know that stephencanyon.com we have kinetic belief merchandise there that we just put up we actually released a few new items today so check that out at stephencanyon.com where of course you know that's where you can get the journal as well Sounds good to me. Yeah. Sending out much love, much light to all yeah. you KB creatives all around the world. Yeah, and thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.